Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Oh my goodness! It's only preseason, but I'm high Jimmy G Buckets gets buckets! Oh my goodness! Give me the hot sauce! Bill Fuck! Give me the hot sauce! What are you doing, Dragons? Did you not get the memo? Yo, yes, the NBA season is underway. This is episode 52 of Gimme the Hot Sauce. Stacey, can you believe we've been doing this for a year now? Crazy, isn't it? Man, it seems like it just started yesterday. I know, but it's getting bigger and stronger. We're getting sponsors on board, and, and the show is growing. It's taking off. We are your favorite podcasters, podcasters, <laughs> America. And Stacy's more than just a basketball guy. He has interest in films and in music. And today we got a special guest coming up in our next segment. Yes. Adult film star Kendra Lust, who's also a big sports fan, a big mixed martial arts fan. So that's going to be a fascinating conversation coming up. Well, it is going to be fascinating because, you know, a funny story is, is that, you know, when we decided to bring her on, you know, I told my kids, my dad, my, my, I got my kids there and they said, hey, you know, dad, you know, uh, we hear you're going to bring Kendra Lust on. And I said, well, how do you know Kendra Lust? <laughs> it's like, well, you know, Dad, we really don't listen to your show that much, you know, but since you're going to have Kendra Lust on, I think <laughs> we're going to watch, watch your show and listen to it. So I was like, wow, family that support. Family yeah. support right there. The things yeah. I do for my kids, look how they turn on me. Yeah, I'm not interested in you, but Kendra Lust, yeah. And a lot of people, Mark, that I said that I was going to bring her on. Yeah. You know, a lot of people were like, when, when, yeah. what day? You know, so it's, it's so she's pretty popular. I can't say that I've actually watched any of the, the films myself. Right. Wink, wink. But I mean, you know, <laughs> hey, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm a red-blooded American man. I'll come on now. If you're watching the show on YouTube, and you really should, I mean, it's available uh, on a weekly basis. You can also catch us on all the major podcast carriers. But you see only two boxes on your YouTube screen. That's because uh, the Walsh's. Stinger and Southside are not with us today. John's been busy traveling around the country doing Milwaukee Bucks games, and, and they'll be back with us next week. And uh, Whispers is going to join us for the next segment. He said he, he would come in to talk to Kendra, but he has some other business he had to take care of first. So it's just Stacy and I getting a chance to talk some hoops, and the Bulls are 4-0. They have the best record in the NBA after one. Yes. That's pretty damn cool, isn't it? Well, you know what? I mean, if you go back to preseason, they've won eight straight. 
And that's pretty impressive. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, I knew this team was going to be good. It's still early. They've got to meet a, the, a really tough schedule coming up, Alligators Row, I call it, um, where they're going to be tested. But I think when you look at the, you know, the overall work of what they've done, they're fun to watch. They play hard uh, defensively. They get after everybody. I mean, they're a top you know, five defensively in all the categories. And Billy Donovan's done a great job of mixing and matching guys. Um, DeMar DeRozan is turning out to be a godsend. You know, and, oh, that's and, I mean, for sure. I mean, you you definitely got, you know, there's another closer on this team. Yep. You know, Zach's been closing for the last few years. But, you know, I think DeMar DeRozan has shown you, especially last night when the Bulls seemed like they were coming undone a little bit, having a veteran like DeMar to come in there and settle you down, get the ball, and say, guys, get on my mm-hmm. back. I got this. We're not losing this game. That was impressive. Remember the heyday of Paul Pierce? He always just talk about, I want to get that to my spot and the elbow. And that's like DeRozan in the, in the late game. That game was slipping away. If they it didn't was. have DeRozan in that game against Toronto, they probably would have lost it. But while everyone else was kind of you know going into hyperspeed and their minds are kind of frying, he just patiently got to his spot. Shots he's made hundreds of times in his career, and he knew he could knock him down. Well, the, the thing the thing about Demar is, and he's been this way since he he's been here in a Bulls uniform. I mean, he's going to get to where he wants to go. You're not yep. going to dictate where he's going to go. This guy's been doing this for years. He's put up some incredible numbers. He's been one of the best players at his position in the NBA for a long time. And for a lot of people who tried to write him off and said, "Well, he's not going to be a good addition," he you know you overpaid for him. Um, they need to shut up. Because they don't really know what they're talking about. Because this guy, you know, one thing about Demar, and I was talking to you know Jack Armstrong and and Leo Rottens uh, Rottens after the game last night, and they were Raptors saying, broadcasters. yeah, the Raptors broadcasters, and they they were they were telling me they said, hey, the one thing about Demar that you guys are going to have out of him, he is he's dependable and reliable. Mm-hmm. He will not break down. He doesn't get hurt. He'll play in all eighty two games. That's one thing about him. And if you watch him, you can tell he loves to play. You know, and he's a competitor. You know, I, I I mean, when you're on another team, you know, and you watch these guys on other teams, you don't really you only see them once, twice, sometimes three times a year. But you 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 respect them as a player. You say, Okay, that guy can play. Oh yeah. You know? But you don't know because you see him three times a year, you don't know if he's like that all the time. And you don't know his work ethic, you don't know how his demeanor is on the court. But when he's on your team, you see him in a totally different light. You see how he prepares when he goes out to warm up and how he gets into his rhythm, the shots he's going to take in the game. Now, he's not a three-point shooter, but he he has taken some threes this year for the Bulls. He's knocked some threes down. He's hit some threes. But his game is the mid-range games. There's two players in this league that are the two best mid-range shooters. I, I'll probably say three. It's him, Kawhi Leonard, and Chris Paul. Those three players are, they can get anywhere on the floor mid-range, and it's probably about 65 to 75% chance they are going to make that bucket. Last couple of games, Zach hasn't been as prolific as he was in the first two. I believe he had a 20-point quarter in one of the early games. And, and you know, the thing that really impresses me about Zach is his points come really easily. But what I've noticed in these first four games, a real commitment on the defensive end. He's getting his hands on, on passes, deflections. He's playing head up on his man. And I think that... You know, it's not just uh, words for Zach when he says, I want to win. And he's trying to show that in the court by his all-around play. Well, I mean, last night, we you know, we, we ran a little thing that, oh, Zach's never won more than four right, games right, in right. a row. 
I tried to get them to scratch that. Yeah. Like, cause that's not Zach's fault. Yeah. You know? And so we, you know, you know, we wanted to run that. Oh, he won four games and everybody's making a big deal out of it. You know, scratch that. That's, that means nothing. Yeah. Winning four games in a row means nothing. I've been on a team where we won 15 games in a row. So it means nothing. And, and to say Zach hasn't won any games more than four games in a row, that doesn't, that's, that doesn't say it was Zach's fault. It was on the team that the players around him. They didn't. He's never played on a team this talented. This is a very talented team. He doesn't have to do everything that he had to do last year. Last year, he had to score. He had to get his teammates involved. He had to, in the fourth quarter, take over games for the mm-hmm. Bulls to even yep. have a chance to stay close. Not win, but stay close. And this year, as you saw in the early games, DeMar DeRozan is taking some severe pressure off of Zach because last night, and it, you saw it last night in, in the Toronto game, you know, Zach couldn't get going and they doubled him every time he came off the screen and they forced him into, to, you know, um, some situations that he wasn't comfortable in. So it took the ball out of his hands, but DeMar got the ball and said, okay, y'all going to double him. Cool. I'll take this. Right. Ride, ride me now. Double me. They couldn't double them because we have shooters on the floor. We have shooters that we didn't have last year. And so the floor is more open and you can, you can actually drive to the basket and not have clogged up middles because you have to respect Vooch. Vooch is a, a, a big guy, even though he struggled sometimes with his shot. He's still a guy that you have to, to respect because he can knock down threes and he can step off the floor, which brings the defender, which is a rim protector out of the paint. You mentioned about DeMar DeRozan, you know, getting a chance to see him every night. That phenomenon has really hit me with Lonzo Ball because I've oh. seen I've seen some Lonzo Ball highlights in the past, you know, the full court passes and the fact that he's an improved three-point shooter. But I never knew how tenacious he was as a defender. I mean, he just shuts guys down. I tell you what, he had Fred Van Fleet so frustrated yeah. yesterday. I mean, Fred, Fred Van Fleet had a great game. He had like 17 assists, career mm-hmm. high, and but that doesn't tell the story. What tells the story is, you know, Lonzo was on him like uh, men in speed stick. I mean, he was on him so <laughs> tight. He had nowhere to go. The frustration getting over screens. And Fred Van Vliet is a strong little guard. I mean, he puts yeah. that body from Rockford. Pride to Rockford. That, yeah, yeah, he puts that body on you. He's like a little bowling ball. But, you know, when you look at Lonzo, Lonzo takes defense personally. I had, I had heard when he was in L.A., um, when he was there his first couple of years, that he was a very good defensive player. And I saw it when we played him. Um, you know, he was injured sometimes, you know. Um, then he went to New Orleans. And I still don't understand why Stan Van They Gundy. misused him. I, I don't understand what the what the problem was with this. Because, Mark, I've said this on air. When you have the talent, Brandon Ingram, you've got Zion Williamson, and you've got Lonzo Ball. Those are three cornerstones to build around. You build around those three guys. To, to the way they played that kid and try to take his confidence away from him for no reason. I don't know if it was personal. I don't know if it was, it was Stan Van Gundy had a personal thing against him. But even throw his name in the trade talks. Yeah. 24-year-old kid who has the potential to be a top five point guard in the league right now. And you're trying to trade him and, and basically run him off, sit him on the bench, put guys in front of him that he's clearly better than. And Zion Williamson loved him because he threw lobs to him all the time. What I've been more impressed with him is, is, is you know, his, not only his defense, but his rebounding at the point guard position. Because a lot of those games that we're seeing now, he's coming in and helping, you know, Vooch get rebounds because we are small. And, you know, you're starting Patrick Williams at, at, the, at the four, who's really a three. And so we're really small. So he comes in and rebounds. He snatches some rebounds on a nightly basis that looks like he's about 6'10". Yeah. 
And he likes being in Chicago. He's happy to be here. You can see it in his body language out on the court. Because in L.A., that was a rebuilding situation. He was kind of lumped in with Julius Randle and other guys where he wasn't really featured. Then he goes to New Orleans, and it's the Zion and Ingram show. And now he's getting a chance. Billy Donovan's kind of unleashed him and said, play the way you want to play. Well, I, I, think, I think in L.A., the pressure. The pressure of being L.A., an L.A. kid. Big baller. You know, the big baller brand, his dad, you know, yeah. out in front. And I think that, you know, he's a quiet kid. Yeah. Like, he's not like his brother in Charlotte who's who loves the limelight. Who's playing great. Who's playing great. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's playing awesome. But they're two different personalities. Lonzo is a guy that if you know him, you can see he has he cuts up. He's got some jokes. He likes to play. He's a rapper. He does a lot of different things. But on the court – He's very serious. Like he, you don't see him smiling and 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 you know doing all this other stuff. Now, the brother, the younger brother, I mean, he's out there having fun. I mean, he's like the reincarnation of Pistol Pete. Like he's making passes yeah, from ninety four yeah. feet. He's flashy. You know the clothes he wears. He you know matchy. He looked like the other day. He looked like the Riddler. He had all this green on with the green <laughs> matching green. Porsche. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, he's got style and pizzazz. And 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 Lonzo just plays. You know he's not trying to do any of that. He just comes out there and plays hard every night. You can tell that he wants to win, and he's happy to be here because. Billy Donovan has done a great job with with him is saying, hey, this is your team. Here's the keys to the car. Run the show. And he's done that. And you could see after the game, the cameras kind of caught him. He was kind of tapping his chest like my fault, my fault, because he had a couple of turnovers on inbounds plays, which are uncharacteristic of Lonzo. And he took that responsibility on himself. He's like, man, I messed that up. That ain't going to happen again. Yeah, I mean, he's, again, he holds himself accountable. And, you know, when you have a a player like that – it forces other players to hold themselves accountable. When mm-hmm. you see how hard he plays and how hard Caruso plays on defense. Yeah, Caruso's been great I mean, too. those two guys, the way they compete defensively, I mean, they're both in the top of steals. Caruso's like in the top three in steals. So when you see how hard those guys play, Mark, it forces you, if I'm on that floor with those guys, it's forcing you to say, well, I got to step my game up defensively. Because I don't want to be the guy that's lacking here. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think you see, you know, you see DeMar DeRozan who's turning out to be a very good defensive player. Because I don't remember DeMar being a defensive player. Mm-hmm. He's always been a scorer. But I've watched in this games here, he gets after people. He gets over screens. He's aggressive. He's strong. Um, and Zach now is watching all this. You know, just like when he went to the Olympic team, the only way he was going to get on the floor is he played defense. We all They all knew he could score. But in order to get on the floor and get, you know, meaningful minutes, you got to defend and get over screens. you got to pick up full court. And you're seeing that now in the Bulls uniform. He's getting over screens. He's competing. He's rebounding. And I talked to him last night. We did the interview after the game. And, um, you know, you'd think he'd be happy that we won, that, you know. But he was highly upset with the way they played <laughs> at the end. You yeah. could tell the body language was there. He literally yeah. was mad when he was interviewed, when we interviewed him after the game. Because they're up by 20. It should have been yes. an easy win. And he, and he basically like you know said, hey, we should have won that game a lot easier than it was. I mean, he was really down on the way they played, which is that's what you want out of a leader. You don't want him to be content. You don't want him to go, well, we won, you know, we'll take the win. He was really upset with the way the team played and the way he played as well. I know you get the same thing on Twitter. A lot of people uh, ask me, what's going on with Patrick Williams? Why isn't he more aggressive? There was one play where the ball swung him in the corner, and you could see the, the gears clicking in his head. Should I shoot this when the reaction is going to be, I'm wide open, shoot the ball. And, you know, in fairness, he's 20 years old. He missed all the training camp. It's his second year in the league. He didn't start in college. I mean, we can make a million excuses, but at some point, the light's got to come on and go, I'm as good as any of these guys. Let me play and let me show what I can do. I I just think with Patrick, it's just his mentality. 
You know, he, he's a guy that was a six-man at Florida State. And we saw a kid last night who was a six-man oh, at good. Florida State. <laughs> and he was highly aggressive. Yeah. And he's been highly aggressive since he yeah, stepped in good. this league. He defends. Scotty Barnes defends. He's long. He's athletic. Um, you know, he can shoot the ball. And he's very aggressive. And I thought, like, you know, Patrick Williams going up against him, you know, because that's a, that's a, you know, t- uh, could have been a teammate at yeah. state in school. And, you know, I thought he would rise to the challenge to kind of go at him a little bit. And he didn't, you know. And I think Patrick is still trying to find out where he fits in all this. Because if you look at the starting five, four, except for Lonzo, Lonzo, Lonzo only takes what the defense gives him. So if the ball swung two or three times and he's wide open, he'll take a three. Mm-hmm. Okay. If he needs to get to the basket, he'll get to the basket, drop it off the Vooch or whatever. So he's not really looking to score where you have DeMar's looking to score. Vooch is going to score and Zach's going to score. Now you've got Patrick Williams out of that five man group who has to find ways to score. And how do you do that, Mark? This is how you do it. You got to run the floor and transition. When you get that rebound, you got to get out on that wing and run and try to beat everybody down and get easy buckets. You get in there, you run a pick and roll. They switch the guard on you. You got to go into the post and you got to demand the ball. And then you got to score. They're going to foul you. You got to score. So offensive rebound shot goes up. Go dunk on somebody's head. Go get the ball. You know, if you watch the Bulls, they don't get a lot of offensive rebounds. I mean, that shot goes up, and they, there's five guys going back defensively. No, You know, normally in those situations, the, the power forward and the center always are in position to rebound. Your guards are always the ones back trying to get floor balance. But, you know, when the Bulls shoot, there's nobody getting offensive rebounds. You know, when, you know, the one guy who gets more offensive rebounds than anything is, is, is um, Alizé Johnson. He's like Dennis Rodman on the boards. He goes on the boards. Uh, Troy Brown will, will hit the boards. Troy Brown Jr. hit the boards. Um, but, you know, those guys, you know, Patrick Williams, in order to score, you got to do some dirty work because they're not going to run too many plays for you. You can already see that right now. It's just he's got to find where he's, where he's going to be on the floor, where his spots are. When they, you know, if you want to watch anybody, watch DeMar DeRozan. You know, because DeMar, DeMar DeRozan's got that mid-range game, and Patrick's got an unbelievable mid-range game. He just doesn't use it. He did it in preseason, or no, I mean the first couple of games, but he's kind of got away from it. And that that one play you were talking about last night, I called it out on TV yeah. because the ball was swung and it was wide open. And he just was like, oh, should I take this shot or should yeah, I drive it? And it's it? too late. And then they closed out yeah. on him and he had to pass the ball. Yeah. And that was the one time he had to shoot. What do you think about the idea of maybe having him play with the second unit where maybe they could cater more to his offensive abilities? Because when you were playing with three 20-point-a-game scorers in Levine, DeRozan, and Vooch, he's not going to get many shot opportunities. And with Kobe White out, they could really use somebody to score a little bit more with that second group. That's a tough call, you know, because that that may hurt his confidence. Right. This is a guy who's been starting since his rookie year. And now – and I will give Patrick Williams a pass a little bit because, you know, yeah, we talked about him being hurt coming in, but – you're asking him now to go from small forward to play power forward, stretch forward. That's six seven. Yeah. It's you know that that's a tough that's a tough yeah. thing for him to do. That's a new position to learn because when he's at the small forward position, he's out on the floor. He's got the ball in his hands much more than what he has at the power forward position. So he's able to create off the bounce and and try to get to the basket. Where he's at the four position, he's setting a lot of screens, you know, popping or diving to the basket, depending on what Vooch is doing on the low post. Right. So if he sets a screen and he, you know, he has to die, that means Vooch is coming up to the top for a wide open jump shot. So they're not looking for for P dub on that play. So it, it's this it's adjustment. He's got to figure it out. And a lot of times they run that high screen and roll with Zach and Vooch, and so he's in the weak side corner. If the ball doesn't reverse, he's just standing there. But you know, I mean. 
<laughs> I mean, honestly, they've got to try to, to to try to run some kind of plays for him. At least, at least get him something early. Yeah. You know, say let's run him in the post. You know, let's run him in the post and and try to get his confidence because right now, you know, we're getting ready to go into a tough stretch. He's got some tough matchups coming up this week. You, you're going to have to guard Julius Randle this you know, tomorrow Thursday. Okay, yeah. then you're going to turn around. You're going to have to guard you know um, um, the kid from Utah, the shooter Joe uh, Ingles. Okay, you're gonna have to guard him. Then you got Paul Pierce and not Paul Pierce, but you got uh, Jason um, Jason Tatum and then Jalen Brown with Boston. Right, and then you know whoever Philly's gonna have not gonna be Ben Simmons, but whoever's playing the small force, so Tobias got, Harris. Well, so, I mean, yeah. he's got alligators coming up, yeah, man. So I'm coming I mean, out, and yeah. those, all those guys are stretch forward type players. Yeah, so yeah. he's gonna have his hands full defensively. Yeah, we're gonna learn a lot about the Bulls in the next coming weeks. I, Adam mentioned this on the broadcast yesterday. The next 13 games. 12 playoff teams from a year ago and the Golden State Warriors, who will definitely be a playoff team this year. I tell you what, America, <laughs> if you haven't seen Golden State play, they're for real. Yeah, they're good. I'm telling you, this is what Jordan Poole kid is nice. This, this is without Clay Thompson and James Wiseman, two additions that are going to be in the rotation once they're healthy. But I tell you what, man, that Poole kid, oh, I mean, he is, I think he's, I will say this about Steve Kerr. Everybody talked about last year when Golden State was playing all these guys, these no-name guys. Steve Kerr and, and the management from Golden State, <clears throat> they understood what this was all about. They weren't going to make the playoffs last year. You know, if they do, it was going to be like an AC like they were. But they were all about developing the younger talent. Yeah, he played a ton the of young pools kids. Yeah. and all these guys. And those guys got their butts kicked on most nights. But in the second half of the season – that that experience came along and they started showing development. Mm-hmm. And so now you start adding your your positional players, the the guys who are actually your core group of players. You know, Draymond Green comes back. You know, Steph Curry comes back who's healthy. You know, you start adding and you keep Andrew Wiggins. Now those guys pull and those guys who got all that valuable experience now, you know, are rotational players, are key contributors in your team now. And it shows. Those guys look like, I mean, Poole looks like he'll make the all-star team. One of the other big stories of the first week, the Charlotte Hornets got off to a 3-0 and start. They lost in overtime to Boston on Monday, but LaMelo Ball is playing some great basketball. And Miles Bridges, not Mikel, Miles scored two games in a row with 30 points. And he's one of the guys who did not get a big money extension off his rookie deal. And he's showing them that hey, maybe he made a mistake. I'm going to make some big money as a restricted free agent. Well, I, I tell you what, man, you got to uh, speaking of the ball brothers, you know, you, you got to give their father a lot of credit because everybody thought he was crazy. Yeah. Everybody thought he was just talking trash. It's like Richard yeah. Williams. Yeah, with yeah us. exactly. <laughs> they, they, they might need to make a movie <laughs> yeah. of LeVar ball, they will. you know, uh, they uh, will. you know, bringing his kids yeah. up and, and training them and getting them ready. You know, the one thing when you look at these kids, the ball kids, okay. They have a great understanding of team concept. Unselfish play. Right. You know, they, they could go out there and score at will if they really wanted to. But those, those kids, you could tell, have been taught the right way to play basketball. They, can, they get their teammates involved. Everyone loves playing with them. They play hard for them. And it's just an amazing thing to watch. So, you know, Hollywood, if you're listening, get ready to make the LeVar Ball story. <laughs> you know, before the 20 draft, everybody was, like, uh, pissing on LaMelo, going, oh, he's cocky, he takes dumb shots, he's not going to be good enough in the league. And I'm like, man, I hope he falls to the Bulls. I yes. hope he falls. And, you know, obviously Charlotte took him at three. Uh, you know, so many people thought he was going to be a bust. Well, because, you know, he, he, he left his high school team. Yeah. Um, you know, he was coming in. I mean, think about this. He's been playing varsity since he was like the sixth, a sixth grader. So he's been playing with his brother since sixth grade. So that right there told you the kid is mentally tough. 
to play a sixth yeah. grader playing against, you know, freshmen and sophomores and juniors. Okay. Then you take him out of high school. Okay. And you put him in situations overseas, you know, away from his family, away from his brothers. And he has to learn how to do certain things. And then, you, then he came back and played on a traveling high school team. So the kid, if you watch him over in, uh, was it Australia or New Zealand, wherever he was playing at, um, you know, you, you saw skills. Like yeah. You saw, like, I always thought he was one of the best passers I've ever seen. I mean, even, at, even as a young kid coming up, you can watch him in some of his highlights. You, you could tell that he has really good fundamentals and that he could pass the basketball. And now that he's gotten size, see, because remember, he grew like two or three inches. Yeah, he's legit 6'7". Yeah, he's 6'7", 6'8". I mean, he's, he's legit. So now you got him at the point guard, 6'8", can still shoot it with range, you know, and he's long and athletic. He's throwing lobs to everybody. He threw a 94-foot pass like he was a quarterback the other night. <laughs> That's right. And it was on a dime. I think it was to, to Hayward, who out-jumped the defender and got it and laid the ball up. I mean, just just took it and flicked it down there. Like mm-hmm. I mean, well, most people would have had to wind up to throw it. He just, like, whoop, flipped it out there. So he's like the second coming of Pistol Pete Maravich. When you look at, you know, old video of Pistol Pete, Pistol Pete was way ahead of his time. Oh, way ahead. No question about it. And, you know, we talked a little bit about Miles Bridges didn't get paid and some of the guys who did want to congratulate Daniel Gafford who kind of you know he was fighting his confidence here in Chicago but he's playing well at Washington he got a nice deal nice extension well he should send a note to uh you know to Russell Westbrook yeah Seriously. Russell Westbrook helped Russell, him find his Russell, game. Russell yeah. Westbrook Brooke really helped him develop and find his game you know we always knew he's a dunker mm-hmm. you know but playing with Russ and, and playing the pick and roll Russ really set him up and gave him confidence and so that really got him paid and then he came out here and he's he's earned it I mean he's he's earned it and you know you look at all the the guys that we had here you know I've called their games I always like to see those those kids have success like I want to see Wendell Carter got paid Wendell yes. Carter Jr. got mm-hmm. paid so you want to see those guys have success you know Larry Marketing just posterized the Joker last night mm-hmm. and he looks yeah. like he's playing with confidence and those guys have gone somewhere they might not have worked out here but they've been able to go somewhere else get their confidence going and now they're you know they're they're reaping the rewards of that yeah I, I like Daniel Gafford I thought I it was too. a steal as a second round draft pick but for whatever reason he couldn't win over Billy Donovan, and and sometimes you have to go somewhere else to be able to get that opportunity. Now he's a starting center with the Wizards, and he's fitting in real well with the mix of players they have. Well, I thought with Daniel, what happened with him was he had success that first year. Yeah. And then he came in the second year, and it was like, I made it. You know, I, I'm here now. I've arrived. And, and didn't didn't come in probably in the best of shape. Didn't come in with the best of attitudes. And I think when you got a new coach like Billy Donovan coming in, you know, and he's judging you on what you're doing now, not so much what you did last year, then that's where the problem is. And I think, you know, Daniel probably thought, well, I was I was great last year, so y'all going to judge me on that. No, you're going to judge on what you're doing now because that's all they've seen. They weren't here last year. Billy Donovan didn't coach the, your first year. So, you know, I mean, it, it was tough to see him go. You know, because now we could use that depth, you know, big guy coming behind Vooch now. Yeah, we could use it you know, now. We yeah. could use that now. But at the same time, man, I'm glad to see that he's doing well. I'm glad to see those guys got paid. So you've renamed the uh, the waiting room for the – used to be the Sriracha <laughs> green room? or Well, it used to be the Sriracha green room, but now it's, it's, it's the boom boom room. Then, <laughs> you know, it's, because we had Kendra Lust on, so, you know, you know it's the boom boom room. That's, yeah. what we, that's what we call it now, the boom boom room. Before we get to Kendra, I, I do, would be remiss if I didn't ask you about Joakim Noah night coming up on Thursday. I mean, we love Joe, and, and, the, and it's going to be so wonderful to see the crowd salute him. A full house at the United Center, people excited about the Bulls, and they're going to give Joakim a hero's welcome coming in. 
I'm really excited about it because Joe Keem's always been one of my, my favorite players. You know, the kid, I remember when he got drafted, I remember people, I'm not going to name any names, America, but there were some people that was very close to me that thought Joe Keem was going to be a bust and bet me that he was going to be a bust. I think that people can figure out who that might be. And then, and then I'm not going to say anything, America. <laughs> no, no. I'm, keeping it, I'm not going to throw anybody in right. the bus. But when I went to go collect... They didn't want to pay me. They said they. They said they were all. They were. They supported him all along. They jumped on the bandwagon. You yeah. Know? So, but the the kid is is the heart and soul of those 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 teams. Derrick Rose was the was the leader. Derrick Rose. Well, he's not the leader. Derrick Rose was the the heart and soul of the mm-hmm. team as far as his athleticism and the quiet leader. But Joe Keen was a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, and then you had Lou Aldane that gave you toughness, and there were so many of those guys. Kurt Heinrich, Taj Gibson. You know, Taj Gibson that all contributed to that right. team being a special team. And Joe Keem, I'm telling you, man, has always been one of my favorite. The one thing I like about Joe is not only is he a great basketball player, he's a great person. And he, you know, his, his foundation, um, the things he does off the court, you know, trying to stop gang violence. You know, he used to bring gang members versus the police officers in basketball, trying to make a difference and trying to, you know, ease the gap and tension between, you know, the inner city and the police. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was awesome, you know, and speaking to gang members, trying to get them to reform. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, he did, he did that a lot of people didn't know. And he didn't, you know, he's not one of those guys that go out there and beat his chest. I do this, I do that. Does everything with the goodness of his heart. Well, the people will definitely salute him coming up on Thursday night. It's going to be a special evening at the United Center. Another guy who uh, rides thick and thin with us is our buddy Jeff Vukovic at Nationwide yes. Insurance. We always appreciate him. He's on board sponsoring the show, and we appreciate him. So if you have insurance needs when it comes to some insurance for your auto, home, and business, you want to contact the king of insurance, Nationwide Agent Jeff Vukovic at jeffvuk.com. That's J-E-F-F-V-U-K.com. And Stacy always entertains the folks with his golden pipes, and we're happy to salute Jeff Vukovic on this happy Tuesday evening. America, I'm playing imaginary piano. Nationwide is on your side. Oh, the imaginary piano. Oh, baby. Oh, that was sweet. A Tuesday happy hour version. We want to thank Jeff for his great support. He's uh, been with us for a number of weeks now, and we look forward to more people coming on board as this show continues to grow. If you want to contact the show, remember we have a special email set up for your advertising inquiries. It's contact GTHS at gmail.com or if you have some questions for, for Stacy or anybody in the crew we'd be happy to answer those as well so get ready folks buckle up coming up next it's our special guest Kendra Lust on episode 52 of oh, Give Me the Hot Sauce, sauce. Give Me the Hot Sauce Alright if you like hot sauce and barbecue sauce then you're listening to the right show Give Me the Hot Sauce has the best small batch organic sauces to spice up your kitchen Chicago-style red sauce with a garlic twist, our St. Pat's Verde, green sauce with extra avocado and cilantro, and our King's Q, a bold, spicy, and sweet sauce, just like Stacia's. Use code HOTSAUCE21 and get 21% off of your first order. That's HOTSAUCE21 for 21% off of your first order. Order today for the holidays. Give me the hot sauce! I think that's the most special musical bed we've ever had for a guest. And certainly worthy as we welcome in film star Kendra Lust, who's also a big sports fan. 
Yes. Michigan native. Oh, yeah. And I guess the first question we got to ask you, Kendra, is how in the world did your paths cross with our friend Stacy King? You know, I think it's just um, social media. It has connected so many people on so many different levels. And uh, we just, I don't know, corresponded via Instagram. And and that's it's really, that, that's it. I've never actually met him. So hopefully one day. MMA oh, well, fans, yeah, <laughs> MMA fans. John, uh, John Huang, um, also yeah. uh, uh, made us cross paths as well. Uh-huh. So, yes, yes, How yes. I forget John. Yeah, John's Actually, big. Yeah, he's a big guy. He's, he's, he helps out a lot with me. He is awesome. You know, um, actually, I need to to talk to him about something. Oh. <laughs> it's good stuff, but it's like I'm like, shoot, I need to follow up with him. So, so yeah, this uh, is this is in person to person communication, Kendra. We, we, you know, <laughs> he's probably well, probably listening to the podcast. We don't know for sure. Yeah, he listens to the podcast. Yeah, right, he's good. a big fan if of the not, podcast. He will. Yeah, exactly. Because we have you on here. We'll get you, the message you, out. You're spiced up the show. We we got a star on here right now. Yeah, I like look- to keep things spicy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we were just talking before we came on. We see that you're repping the Pistons. Uh, Jersey right there. So I think that's uh, Chauncey Billups, number one jersey. No, that's a Kendra Lust, Kendra Lust, Kendra Lust, Lust jersey. She's number one, but yeah. Chauncey wore number one as well. So, um, so we see your big Pistons fans. Tell us about your, your love of the Pistons and anything that any of the pro teams in Michigan. Well, I was a Piston fan a long time ago when my dad in first grade had me dribbling. I mean, this was first grade. He used to coach a boys rec league. So I was like the boy he never had. So I don't know, lab rat, call me whatever. So here I was after school, first grade dribbling in and out, like through chairs, (laughs) you know? So I didn't really have a choice. So uh, needless to say, I was a good ball handler then and I'm a good ball handler now, okay? No pun intended, but uh, yeah. So he was, um, you know, he, he um, taught me, you know, a lot about basketball and I was, I was a tomboy. So I wanted to hang out and see what he was doing and compete against the boys. So I loved the Pistons back then. And um, Isaiah Thomas was my favorite. So that's how I got my high school number, uh, Isaiah Thomas. And I just remember, you know, my dad talking about, you know, the Pistons and he loved watching them play the microwave, you know, Biddy Johnson, Bill and beer. So, you know, they were the bad boys for a reason. And my dad was interested. And of course, you know, being a kid, I wanted, you know, to know what my, you know, my dad was into because, you know, as a kid, you want to please your parents. So yeah. I was, uh, grew up watching sports and, um, fell in love with basketball at, at a very young age. Um, did your, did your dad tell you that the Pistons lost to the Bulls and <laughs> we ended their title run that, and that Jersey that you have behind you, that was one of the big reasons why we ended the Detroit run. Did he tell you that or he didn't want to break your heart? Cause you was a little girl. You know, I was tough. So, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, obviously, you know, we, well, you know the history more than I do, but, you know, um, I love the Pistons, you know. However, when I started dating my now husband, he was the biggest Michael Jordan fan ever, ever. I have boxes of unopened. I have weedy boxes. I don't even know what he has. It's like the like tub, Stacey. Everything. Yeah, the tub. Yeah, Stinger's tub. Yeah, yeah. We got a guy who collects everything. everything. Um, so then I really started to gravitate more towards the Bulls. So I kind of, you know, I don't want to say I turned my back, but, you know, I, I Michael Jordan was just something, someone that who we've never seen again. And I, in my opinion, Kobe, God rest his soul, was to me 
the closest thing to Jordan period. But um, yeah, I wasn't upset. I just uh, developed a new, like a new love for the Bulls and uh, much respect for them. So pretty cool. Yeah, you got the picture behind you with Michael and his arm around Kobe. I mean, obviously, he was kind of a mentor to Kobe throughout his career. Did you ever meet either of those guys? I did not. You know, I, I saw both of them play. I was at um, Kobe's last game when he played in Cleveland, which is which is really cool. Um, I did not meet either of them, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even I don't get starstruck too easily like i'm just kind of like i treat everybody how i want to be treated and i think you know we're all equal right equal yeah. playing field however if i were to be michael jordan i would i don't even know what i would say i would i would be speechless and there are very few people <laughs> that can uh do that to me so yeah. Yeah. well i'll tell you what <clears throat> i mean you're pretty popular i mean i have my sons <laughs> My, my sons who are in their 20s, when I told them that you were going to be on the show, they said, Dad, you know, we haven't listened to any of your podcasts, but we're going to listen to this one. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, that's, that's that's what I got to deal with my sons. They're, you know, they didn't listen all year. We've got 52 episodes and 53 yeah. episodes. They haven't listened to one, but they knew you were coming on. So they're, yeah, they're, they wanted to watch it. Yeah, saucy. Sports stars. Well, yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, that's a good thing. I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I uh, I don't know. We'll talk about that later, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I love, I love what I do, but, uh, and I kind of mentioned it to you earlier before we kind of got on, like, I love what I do. However, I, I feel I have more to, more to give and more to do. I was a nurse before I got into adult. So there is a part of me that really misses giving back. So I'm very low key doing charitable things because that's what truly fulfills me. Um, so uh, I don't know, but I love what I do and I'm grateful. So I'm glad that your sons and everybody else, uh, uh, who likes me is watching. So how did you, uh, start your podcast? How did that come okay, together? So the, yeah, the podcast was just out of, honestly, um, I stopped filming for a professional companies, uh, probably three years ago. And I just started to do my own thing. Um, on my only fans. And then I developed, um, a couple helped develop uh, some platforms uh, for, for talent and uh, started a couple of businesses locally. So I was like, I don't know if I'm going to shoot anymore, but I still love it. Um, however, I want to do something fun and just kind of let loose. So I crossed paths with Julian Marquez and at that time he was injured and I never knew if he was ever going to fight again. And I don't know at that time if he, he knew or thought he was going to either. And um, he had, this passion and him being a former uh, UFC fighter uh, for, for MMA. And I thought, you know, how cool would it be? Like I could get his perspective on MMA and he's interested in some of the people in my industry. So maybe we could kind of go back and forth, talk, talk a little bit about, I don't know if I can say it, like sex and intimacy, women uh, and sports, and uh, maybe just do something fun. So I was like, yeah, let's just do it. And um, we just started it. And yeah, we're just kind of chugging along. Did you coach him on the Miley Cyrus comments? You know, I don't <laughs> oh, he was even begging, know He was begging from. for the date with Miley <laughs> Cyrus. <laughs> oh, man, I saw that on the USC fight. Post, post fight. <laughs> oh, post fight. I was like, oh, no, he's shooting his shot. Wow. <laughs> and I love that, though. He is fearless and he is like zero, you know, West to give. So, I like that about him. He's, you know, he's a, a few years, well, a few years younger. I think he's like, I don't know exactly, but in his thirties, like early thirties, 
might not even be 30. Don't kick my butt, Julian. But, um, you know, he's living his best life and like he called her out, but it was really cool. I think she's awesome. She responded and it was just kind of cool. It was a great PR move. And I guess, you know, hey, he's got the hots for her. I mean, she's fun and a free spirit. So who wouldn't go Miley? It is an epic beard. I'll give him that. <laughs> and the, the podcast oh, yeah, is called Beauty and the Beast, right? So, yeah. And then I feel like I'm like, some days, like I'm the beast, like, let's be real. <laughs> You're the beauty because I'm just like, uh, like, look at this hair and like, you know, whatever. And at any given day I can be the beauty or I can be the beast. It just depends. So. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's really cool that you guys have that dynamic. Um, you know, you have a good time, you know, you, you know, you, know, you talk about everything. I mean, but MMA seems to be the, you know, the main thing. And, and I've seen you do some things yeah. for MMA. So tell us how you became a fan of the mixed martial arts. Well, I, you know, I truly had always, or I've always admired people who have taken any sport, whether it be soccer, basketball, football, you know, uh, MMA to the next level, because when you think about it, they're like 1% of 1%. So you making it, you went, you were pretty big in Oklahoma, I believe. All right. Okay. You know, taking it to, to the pros is just, I don't know that amount of dedication and hard work I have. And it gives me chills because that just wasn't me. My path just went a little different and and that's okay. But I've always had an admiration for, for people who elite athletes. So when uh, our little one decided to box at six and a half, I was like, okay, where's this coming from? You know? And, um, she actually is really good. And I'm not just saying that because I'm the parent that will say, okay, no, she's like, Oh, I want to do part parkour. I'm like, are you saying park? Like, I didn't know what that meant, but parkour is like a thing in California. I'm like, repeat that and spell that. Like, what are you, you know, anyway. So, um, anyway, but she wanted to do like gymnastics at 10 and she can barely do a cartwheel. I'm like, I'm going to be real with you. Uh, you're good at a lot of things. Gymnastics, not one of them. I said, these three-year-olds are going to run circles. I'm the parent that keeps it real. I don't sugarcoat, but I'm, I'm just very like, I guess, practical and I'm not going to set my kid up for failure. Anyway, so um, she got into it, and uh, she she's really good. She's very she has a very uh, I would say her boxing IQ for ten is is she's she's good, and she works hard. And so that was really my my reason and my the the reason why I, I guess I became interested in you know jujitsu and Muay Thai and and just trying to make connections because. I, I wish, I guess maybe I had that push or maybe I had those connections being younger. Um, and maybe things would have been different and, you know, I don't regret anything, but I just want to pave the way for my daughter and just, you know, just help her make connections. You know, she's got to put in the work because I always say hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta put in the work, but if I can, you know, make your, your path or your journey a little bit easier, that's what I want to do. So. You don't allow the bare knuckle boxing with your daughter though, right? Oh, I don't want her to do that. No, you know, (laughs) know you're a fan of that too. Uh, You know, it's, it's that like, I I'm happy to help, you know, sponsor and, and, you know, whatever uh, for people that want to do that, but I would not, I would not want that for my daughter. It's hard for me to watch. Uh, You know, I, 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe it's hard. It's hard for me to watch, and I like all combat sports, but it's hard for me to watch. It's barbaric. And, you know, I mean, there is a demographic for that. And I respect that. I just, I think those four ounce MMA gloves protect your hands. They protect your, you know, you from breaking things. And, and it's just, I don't know. It's just different. So uh, I don't know. I love bare knuckle. I have the most respect for the organization, Dave Feldman and everybody involved, but I just, I I just, I want my daughter obviously to do whatever makes her happy, but I prefer her Bellator or UFC where there's a little bit of protection. So, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of the bare knuckles. <laughs> just, oh I've seen, I've seen some like, dudes get messed up yeah. in that. I'm just not a big fan of that. It's straight up street fighting, right? Yes. yes. Like, I mean, if I had, back in the day, we used to bare knuckle. Okay. Yes, but, but for some too, reason, gotta, like, you know, when you bare knuckle in the street, you know, it was like bang, bang, bang over. Maybe you, have, no maybe you, got, maybe you got a <laughs> bloody nose here and there. Your eye cut. But this is really, really like graphic. Ooh, like it's, very, it's not yeah. like a regular street fight. It's like, it's the old tough I'm man. surprised some people didn't. It's like in the old 1900s when they used to box without the gloves. That's yeah. what it kind of, yeah. Yeah, John Sullivan, John K. Sullivan. Um, I'm not a big fan of it, but I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I have the utmost yeah. respect for those guys because they're, all, they're mm-hmm. all athletes as well. For sure. So, hey, whatever floats your boat, I... I always say judging isn't loving. And, um, you know, I try to teach my little one that, and she's more like my husband, a little bit more raw and unfiltered. And <laughs> she's like, <laughs> judging isn't loving this positive, you know, because I really, I really try to be positive. And, you know, I've seen a lot of death in my life and, um, I don't take life for granted. And I know that at any time, you know, um, you know, none of us are promised tomorrow. And, uh, so I just try to kind of teach her that, like, just be positive, enjoy each day and uh, make, make the days count. So, yeah. Well, I, I tell you what, like, um, you know, just, just watching some of your videos on, on Instagram, you're into fitness as well. You do a lot of, yeah. lot of stuff behind the scenes with fitness. Tell us a little bit about that. So, uh, when I was in high school, it was my freshman year and I was playing basketball and our team completely sucked. Okay. But I was a freshman who was moved like to varsity. I don't know for whatever reason, coach Godman, Chuck Godman. I know you're still out there, but <laughs> we don't know why you, moved, but you did. Oh, and you just going to throw I Chuck under the bus. Thing. Did you just throw Chuck under the bus? No, he moved her up no, to varsity. I, love, as a freshman. I was getting ready to say, I was like, man, leave Chuck alone there. Kendrick. Oh, I love Chuck. He's awesome. He actually came to one of the AVNs and was uh, met one of my friends and it Anyway, long story short, <laughs> Chuck was the man. He was awesome. So um, I, I don't know for whatever reason, but I was really small in comparison to a lot of the other girls. And I was like, man, I need to get like in the weight room. But it, back then they called it the mezzanine. So at 14, you know, I was, you know, doing, trying to like watch some of the guys and I'd run with the guys in the hallway or, you know, I would, I would stay after to run and, and try to get stronger and, and whatever, bigger to be able to um, hang Wow, that was a bone, my dog. Oh, I was like, what was that? I might have been yeah, no, trying to get it. big bone, and uh, it's like one of those Nyla bones. Yeah. yeah. Don't yeah. step on it in a white. Stacy knows all about dogs. Yeah, I know all about dogs. Oh. Yes. I got some little so, puppies. Got little American puppies. pocket bullies there. Yeah. Uh, Love those little guys. <sighs> so, so yeah. So, I just, uh, from the time I was 14, I just, I started to kind of develop, you know, like, I don't know, just feeling the need to work out to get stronger, to be able to, 
you know, I don't know, hang with the, with the varsity girls because I was always smaller and, um, you know, a little bit. How's your fight game coming? How's, how's your fight game coming, Kendra? Oh, my fight game. Oh, weak sauce over here. Not going to lie. Like (laughs) it is what it is. I'm a little weak sauce. That's what they say. You know, weak sauce is like a big insult these days. They're like, yeah, she called me weak sauce. You know, I'm like, (laughs) Weak sauce. Like, who cares? They're just words, whatever. But a weak sauce is like a big insult, like with the eight, nine, and 10 year olds, right? Mm. So, yeah, but let's be real. Um, I'm all right. I know some self defense. Like, don't come up and choke me from the back because I will handle it. Okay. Ooh. I do carry a 38. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. 38 special, no hammer because I am the type. I'll get a little flustered and probably hurt my thumb. So, no hammer, laser. So, I can't panic and I won't miss. Ooh. Little fifteen ounces. Well, that's an I'm good. You always got to be packing. <laughs> it's a different world these days. Yes, so. yes, that is true. But, it's a wild, yeah, wild west. so yeah, but um, I enjoy. I love watching it. Like I said, some basic stuff. However, I do hear if you get to blue belt in jujitsu, you can submit ninety nine percent of the population. I'm not there yet. But I'm coming at you. Really? <laughs> I've seen yeah. you choke some people out. That's why I was like, man, she's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I've choked a couple out. I mean, talk to my husband. No, I'm just kidding, my husband. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's awesome. He's he's my high school sweetheart. I met him when I was eight, and uh, yeah, we've been we've been together for a very long time. So. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kendra, I know that uh, our audience would be disappointed if we didn't ask you at least one question about the adult film industry. <laughs> tell yeah, us. No, tell us. Hey, I'm on open. Really, yeah. Let's be real. I'm transparent. So there's there's obviously so many misconceptions about what goes on in the filming of, of a lot of a lot of these films. What kind of safety is regulations and, and things are in place so that as an actress, you feel comfortable mm-hmm. in, in doing these scenes? You know, that's a good question, because when I started in 2012, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. However, um, you know, we have evolved as an industry, I think just in general, um, society has evolved since then. And, you know, now I I think we always had like a guideline, like what are your yeses? What are your no's? So, you know, when you go into a scene or you go to work with, um, somebody else, you know, okay, don't do this. Don't do that. Like, I'm not okay with this or I'm not okay with that. But what I like to do, I would say, Hey, you know, I've never worked with you before you know, is there anything you're not comfortable with? Or do you have a a no list or, you know, because at the end of the day, um, you know, we're professionals and we're, um, you know, we're acting and it's a sexual art or whatever you want to call it, however you want to call it. So if a guy yells, give me the hot sauce, you tell him to stop, right? (laughs) (laughs) If a guy yells, give me the hot sauce, you tell him to stop, right? I would, although I'm telling you, <laughs> a hot sauce. Oh hell no! Unless I'm pouring it in your mouth, pouring it into your mouth, no hot sauce. Hot? Nope. Nope. It's the name of the show, Kendra. Play with the gang. <laughs> yeah. She also carries a hey, 38, so. I know. Give me the sauce. Like, if they said, give me the sauce, I would just, like, go with it. You know, oh, whatever, like, oh, you know, hot sauce, oh, another level. Oh, wow. Well, Stacy, your question. Something new. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 Kendra, how, how many years were you yeah. actually in the business? 
Okay, so I started in 2012 and I shot my last scene in 2018. So six, seven years, maybe, you know, so I'm still technically still in the industry. I just don't actively perform because at this point, I don't really have to follow anybody else's rules. I I call my own shots and I'm not saying like, oh yeah, but it's just, I've done everything I wanted to do in the industry. I've directed, I've produced, I, I owned an agency. I've won awards, you know, it's like, I don't know what else to do. (laughs) Oh, is, is, wow. So, so is, is that that's what happens when you you have a game plan when you when you initially start you say you want yeah. to be in the business a certain period of time and then you want to evolve yeah. from being an actress to say work behind the film be a producer yeah. kind of like Jenna Jameson and those guys what they've what they've done in the past. Sure, you know, and and I think I mean I think just me getting in a little bit later, I had more of a you know uh, a plan or you know what I want to do by five years, or this is, you know, like invest this much or, you know, so I had a little bit, there was more um, purpose, I guess, behind what I was doing opposed to just like, Hey, yeah, you know, and, and I don't ever judge anybody, everybody. I always say if I were like 18 or 19, who knows what I would have done? Who honestly knows? I would have probably been so stupid, blowing my money. I mean, that kind of money coming in, you know, I wouldn't have been smart. So, you know, this is just, what I did because of my situation and, you know, everything is relative. Right. So, um, so yeah, I really executed, I I did more than I thought I was going to, and, um, I'm happy with that. So now I'm, uh, have the opportunity to help, you know, other girls, uh, and, and I'm involved with new platforms and developing different strategies for, I guess, moving outside of the business and uh, just doing other things, you know, multiple revenue streams and not just an adult. So pre-show Kendra, you said uh, just like a boxer, not ready to hang up the gloves. You said you weren't ready to hang up the the thong. So what do you mean by that? Meaning like I still, I feel like age is a number and um, there's different strokes for different folks, right? There's a demographic for this, that, and, um, I, I still feel, you know, I still feel like a, you know, a sexual woman and uh, I feel proud of my body and, and, and my sexuality. So I enjoy still doing what I do. So I just do it on a more selective level. You know, I have a, a team that helps me with certain aspects of, of, of the work that I do. And I just kind of do what I want when I want, which is really nice. And so I'm still involved with adult, but then I can work on other businesses locally and, you know, things that I'm, I'm passionate about. So it's, I'm really grateful for the life that is afforded that it has afforded, you know, myself and my family. And you um, should become uh, Rogan's uh, sidekick outside the cage. That's what we think here. Oh, I don't know, man. He is, (laughs) he is incredible. He is, I love him. How awesome is he? Right. He really is. He's He's awesome. I am not, I am not there. I'm more of a spectator not so much a commentator, you know, so I, I still like to have fun. I don't want to just be so involved that I, I don't really, you know, I'm looking at the, you know, the strategy behind every fight or, you know, just trying to like get in their heads. I, I still want to enjoy it and still have fun. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So, so tell our listeners, cause like when we grow up as athletes, we, we mm-hmm. envision being like, you know, Dr. J or, you know, whoever uh-huh. we may idolize in our particular Mm -hmm. field so you know you getting into this business 
you know, who was it that, that you looked up to and you idolized to get into this business? Cause you, you had to have someone that you looked up to that you said, Hey, I like the way mm-hmm. she carries herself. I like the way she mm-hmm. acts. So was there someone in particular? Yeah. Well, there was, however, I always say, if you don't have anything nice to say, you don't say it. So oh. there was this one woman in particular, however, what she portrayed and who she really was were completely different. So, you know, unfortunately, I don't want to really say. Yeah, However, yeah. <laughs> after I realized, like, wow, she's crazy, um, I really started to um, take notice of people who were a driving force into, I guess, making change and to paving the way for, you know, the newer girls and, um, I guess who were, were kind to, and, and open, you know, kind of open the doors and, and were not, um, insecure and, you know, so just like positive people. So, uh, Julianne, uh, is to me, one of the most iconic, most iconic women in the adult industry. She has been around, uh, since Janine and, and, you know, Julia, and she, I'll never forget the time I was on set and, and we were doing this, um, there were a lot of lines and I get a little bit nervous public speaking. So I had a lot of lines to remember. And I'm thinking who really watches this for the lines. Right. I love the plot. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, but I have to convey it with conviction. I have to. And I just kept messing up because it was Julianne and I was in such awe, you know, remember remembering like watching it with my guy and just back in the day. And so so for her to like take the time and she was just so cool about it and just said, Hey, you know, do that. And she was just so nice. And, and she's such a leader and just sexy, Whew, so sexy. And just, um, uh, she's, she's awesome. So for me, like she's, she's one of my inspirations in the industry for sure. Well, I got to tell you, you win the award. Another award for you is for the most engaged Timmy Whispers has ever been during one of our guest yes. segments. Yes. A, lot, a lot of times we have a tough time getting him to ask one question. He's hovering over the microphone, yes. ready to pounce he's, today. He's sweating right now. He's like, it's like, it's getting moist. I'm like, oh my Look goodness. Mark. Mark just did that to you, Timmy. Look at that I smile. I like yeah. your smile, Timmy. And I love that. Like yes, <laughs> yes, whispers. Yes, he, he, this is the most he's ever spoken. Yes, seriously. You know what? It's all good. Yes. You know, I mean, he brought out the best in me. Hey, he should, he should tell you, he should tell you his Ron Jeremy story. Tell your Ron Jeremy story real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell that story for the people that haven't heard it. What? I, I, uh, Come on. I was a I was a young man back in the day. <laughs> we all were a young man one day. <laughs> Went to this uh, club in L.A. and walked in, and uh, Ron Jeremy was standing there with uh, Sylvester Stallone. And See, he's another one. Yeah. Jordan's wrong. Finish your story there, Tim. Finish the story. There, there's more. So I walked up and shook Sorry. hands with Ron Sorry. Jeremy. And uh, mm-hmm. he was like, nice to meet you. And I said, I didn't know what to say. So I just said, hell of a penis and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. He yeah. did. Yes, he yeah. did. Yes, he did. Oh, Timmy, that is the best one-liner I have heard in a long time. And then as Stacy said at the time, so so you didn't talk to Stallone? Isn't he the big movie star? And I said, uh, no, I saw more Ron Jeremy films than Stallone films <laughs> at that point in my life. So it was, it's really, he was, the, he was the bigger star to me back then. Oh my God. 
god yeah forget about like you know what is it uh the rocky movies and the what yeah. other green beret what was the other damn uh, rambo, rambo. Yeah. i mean all uh, i mean rambo. Oh, my but, god. But people forget but, sloan did start off an adult film as well what and david duchovny and there's a few more See, this is this no. Tim, Tim is researched this Tim, project. Tim, no, Tim, Tim was <laughs> watching those videos. He wasn't researching nothing. He's the only one that knows these kind of things. I didn't know David Duchovny was in there. I just thought he was in X Files. I didn't know he was a. Uh, Why do you think they called the X Files? <laughs> <laughs> He's a rare form today, America. Whisper. Oh my God. We have a true adult yes. Uh, yes. entertainment historian, yes. aka Timmy Whisper. I got I got one more question for you before we let you go. So sure. you know you you know in your industry you know it used to be yeah. male dominated where they dominated the producers the yeah. you know the, the directors how how has it changed over the years now that women are taking more of a lead and more control of, of doing these films and being in charge of the films? Oh my God! No, no, I'm just saying <laughs> we're a bit more meticulous. So you know, honestly. I don't know. I mean, I've only dealt with one director, male director, who was so, I never really had any issues with any directors. Um, okay. So, okay. So to answer your question, let me keep it short and sweet. It's a good thing. You know, I think for the gender, right. You know, more autonomy uh, for women and more empowerment. And that's great. You know, equal playing field. Okay. However, I feel like sometimes we pay, we're a little bit too meticulous and I, I'm guilty. I'll be like, oh my God, like this, or my husband's like, nobody's looking at that. Like if they're looking at that, they're not, <laughs> no, just stop. So, you know, I think sometimes like we overanalyze things a little bit and maybe we, we lack the um, ability to just kind of, I don't know, overlook, you know, the little things that don't matter. So, but all in all, I think it's a positive thing. And um, I think. I think both there's incredible male and uh, female directors, you know, so, but it's nice. It's refreshing. It's, it's, it's good. It's a good thing for, for all of us. So. Well, Kendra, we want to thank you for being such a good sport, letting us mess around yeah. here on give me the hot sauce. We will actually send some of the uh, Stacy's official hot sauce your way. And, oh. and maybe you can send uh, Timmy an autograph picture to add to his collection. I have a feeling he's got yeah. a room somewhere in his yeah, house. He's got, he's got, he's got Ron right. Jeremy's chest hair <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a package that he showed me. And I was just like, what, what, what is this? This is chest hair. I got it. I'm like, oh. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. This is That's a serious awesome. guy over here, Kendra. You, so make sure you send him an autograph picture. I love it. Thank you guys so much for having me and uh, taking the time to, uh, just have me hang out. So I'm grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thanks, Kendra. The great Kendra oh, Lust, God. number one in your hearts, number one on your screen. And we're going to come yeah. back with more. Give me the hot sauce <laughs> after we towel off and a quick timeout. <laughs> after we wipe off. <laughs> Roll the music, Pablo. Oh, yeah, Windy City Limousine provides championship service. Making a reservation is so easy, it's a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full court pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time. Contact us at 866-94-WINDY. That is 866-94-WINDY. <laughs> All right, ready? 
Angel Water is Chicagoland's largest water conditioning service for healthy water for healthy you and a healthy home. Water makes up 60% of your body and 75% of your brain. Angel will test your water for free. Code KING21. Call 847-382-7800 for a free water test and healthy water plan with code KING21 at 847-382-7800. It's what I have used for over 20 years. (sighs) If you like hot sauce and barbecue sauce, then you are listening to the right show. Give Me the Hot Sauce has the best small batch organic sauces to spice up your kitchen. Chicago-style red sauce with a garlic twist. Our St. Pat's Verde green sauce with extra avocado and cilantro. And my favorite, King's Q. A bold, spicy, and sweet sauce, just like me. Use code HOTSAUCE21 to get 21% off your first order. That's HOTSAUCE21 for 21% off. Order today for the holidays. And remember, she'll like it too. Yes, indeed. Episode 52 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. Hard to believe we've been doing this for a full calendar Ooh. year. It's hard to believe we got a star like Kendra Lust to come on the show. You know, they always say <clears throat> you don't want to follow someone who kills on a program. You don't also want to f- follow an adult film star on a podcast. Right, Stace? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Timmy Whispers over here sweating and yeah. getting wet. And just like, yeah, he's uh, gone, as you can tell. Yeah, he's yeah, gone. Yeah, he had to go shower. Gotta go shower. <laughs> yeah, go shower. He's, t- he's telling his, his oh Ron Jeremy story. He had to oh. leave an embarrassment, I think. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, America. It was the funniest thing. Because as yeah. you know, if you follow this show for 52, 53 episodes, <laughs> you know Tim only says like one word a show. This yeah. is the most animated. He was that we totally ever, engaged. Yes, he was engaged in this. <laughs> as soon as he started talking about adult film star, he was like, he, I mean, his, he just started licking his lips. He was all ready to go. Yeah. And uh, it was funny watching him in his element. Yeah. Hey, Pablo, you got the rifles? Uh, you, think you got the rifles? Rapid fire? Yeah. Yeah, let's hear him. See, that's what we usually get from John. John's going to go. There we go. All right. Way to go. Way to go. Shot. <laughs> I've been shot. You know who else has been shot is poor Justin Fields. Ooh. That right tackle, Pig Simmons. Oh. Man, oh, man. They had to get him out of the game because he would have got the Justin Fields killed. Listen. Here's what I, hey, listen, America. Bears fans. This is, this, is what I, this is what I suggest we do. When I used to coach youth football, okay, and my son was a quarterback, and the kids was letting people just come in, you know? So I told him, I said, all right, guys, here we're we're having a hard time blocking, okay? So here's what we're going to do. As soon as we hike the ball, I want everybody just to fall down on all fours. They're going to have to make a choice. They're going to have to go around you, or they're going to try to stumble over the top of you. They might trip. Yeah, yeah. they might trip. (laughs) So I'm suggesting, it worked in youth football. It worked. We scored touchdowns off of it. So I'm suggesting that the offensive line for the Bears – as soon as he says, hike, just yeah. fall down on all fours, and then maybe they'll go around you, or maybe they'll trip going over the top of you. You know, as if things aren't bad enough, the Bears have had problems with COVID. Everyone's heard the news that the head coach, Matt Nagy, has tested positive, and, you know, they lost their, their starting right tackle before then. So this this kid, Lachavius Simmons, a seventh-round draft pick, and they give him the nickname Pig, which is unfortunate when you play like that. <laughs> 
and and they had to take him out to bring in a free agent and a guy named undrafted guy named Alex Bars who did who did better than Pig, but you know I mean you're asking Justin Fields to try to assimilate all the nuances of being an NFL quarterback and then he gets less than two seconds to throw. I mean he didn't play great, but it, it it's you're almost setting him up to fail. Well, I mean, listen, we we knew this was going to happen. We knew it. it didn't matter who you put back there. It was, I mean, if it was Andy Dalton, he'd probably been injured. Okay, mm-hmm. so. They need to address the offensive line. They need to go, whatever you have to do, go spend money. Whatever you got to do, go do it. Because if you want this kid to last, this is, listen, all the stuff you talked about, Trubisky, okay? Oh, Trubisky this, Trubisky that. You're going to see the same thing yeah. people are going to be saying about Justin Fields in a few years if they don't get that that offensive line fixed. It's not the quarterback's fault. It's not the quarterback's fault. Now, you see that now. It's the offensive line and then also not having legitimate weapons for this kid to throw. You know, where are all these these receivers that, you know, they're supposed to go? Guys are dropping passes, you know, and it's and you're playing Tampa Bay. You know, yeah. Tampa Bay's a Super Bowl champion. How do you not get up to play those guys? Yeah, Tom Brady, another four touchdown passes, uh, over six hundred for his career. How about that deal they made with the guy? If I'm that guy with caught the, oh, he got would the never ball got for six hundred he could have got a lot more. No, he was supposed to get like ball. an autographed jersey yeah. and a different ball. He could have held off they, more. They said just the minimum, it was worth 600000 Just Ooh. minimum. Okay. So what do you got? A Bitcoin or something? Yeah. Yeah, you got a Bitcoin and, and some bubble gum. Yeah. I don't know what it was. But, you got some of Tom Brady's uh, green yeah, juice or whatever. Yeah, or some, some, some TB12 uh, shirt. Yeah. Used jock. I don't know. <laughs> but but I would have held on to that damn ball and I would have yeah. went to the highest bidder. Tom Brady, yeah. you make. $40 million. If you want this ball, it's going to cost you. They, they kind of got him in a bad situation, though. They had the national TV cameras on him. They had a you know team representative trying to negotiate the deal. And the guy surrounded by Bucks fans, he felt the pressure. Man, he did the best they, to get out of they, there. They would have got a two-piece. Like, get, get, <laughs> get off me. Pow! I would have been just popping people. Get off me. I'm taking the football with me. And if Tom wants it, here's my number. Call yeah. me and let's talk. Let's talk money. Let's not talk Bitcoin. Let's not talk wearing a dirty jock or a jersey. I don't want to hear all that i just want to talk cash because on the open market the minimum was six hundred thousand. yeah and if you go up and say i got tom brady's 600 touchdown pay i guarantee you could have got over a million so tom brady's not ready to hang up his thong either huh? <laughs> <laughs> pablo you got the rifles that's your cue you got the rifles one more time rifles rifles yes. yeah i don't know what is rifles. give me the hot sauce the shooting the pablo <laughs> the shooting Brrr. Give me the hot sauce. The spirit of John is back. Yes, he's, he's haunting hey, us. Hey, what about uh, Patrick Mahomes? The Chiefs are struggling. He's taking out water. Everybody was ready to coronate him as the greatest of all time. And, and it just goes to show you, it's not as easy as he made it look his first few years. Well, they've they're got the same problem kind of what the Bears have. Their offensive line is terrible. He's mm-hmm. running for his life every single Sunday. And then he's being forced to make plays. And then there, you, you see that other teams now have figured it out. You take away his two top weapons, you know, Kelsey and then, you know, the little cheetah you take them away you know all of a sudden who's he throw to you know and he's having a hard time he's, he's got no time to throw right it's the same thing we're seeing with justin Fields. he's got no time to throw and he's got hurt uh in the game the other day you know you think they'll come back to be a contender when the playoffs are all around or you think somebody else is, uh, is going to run away with the now, you you can't i don't think you can just turn it on i mean you, yeah. you you are who you are that we're seeing right now unless they get their offensive line you know mysteriously comes back and they play better and then Justin uh, Herbert's nice out in uh, L.A. San Diego, well, not San Diego, but L.A. The yeah. L.A. Chargers are are, are for real. Um, I wouldn't sleep on the uh, on the Raiders. Yeah, they've been playing the, nice Ra- too, the Raiders. Carr. Been playing yeah. been playing pretty good. I mean, AFC Buffalo is going to be be tough. I mean, whoever gets 
whoever in the AFC gets the home field advantage, that's the whole key. You know, I mean, you know, of course the Raiders are playing in the dome. So that's if you even if you were Kansas City, you could walk in there and beat them. It's those places like Buffalo where it's going to be where it's snowing and cold that you don't want to be in. You know, same thing with Kansas City. You don't want to be in those situations. It could be rainy. The field conditions suck. I mean, those teams have a, a, an advantage, in my opinion. Same thing in Green Bay and Lambeau. Mm-hmm. You know, they have an advantage when you come in there to play those guys, especially late in the year. It's tough to win there. Except it didn't work last year no, in the NFC Championship game. No. Tom Brady TB came 12, in and stole man. their, uh, T- stole their 12, cookies. Man. TB12, baby. Don't, don't bet against TB12. <laughs> like him or hate him, he, he is the greatest of all time. Yes, and he, he, was on, he was on with the Mannings last night. Yeah, I thought he did a nice job. He was very personable. That showed a sense of humor. I mean, a lot of people have mixed feelings about Brady. I think they're just jealous because he's won so much. I mean, you can't you can't deny greatness, man. No, you I mean, can't. Come on, now. he's he's gone to two he's been to two different franchises and he's won Super Bowls. Yeah. Okay, you can sit up there and say oh, he had all the weapons. He didn't have all those weapons in, in in New England the last few years of his career. It was strictly Tom Brady doing Tom Brady things. Mm-hmm. And so you know now you start to see like oh he can't win without Belichick when when he left New England. Oh he can't. It's a system. It's the New England system. <laughs> well he he proved that wrong. No, it's TB twelve. TB twelve. Yeah. I mean he took a Tampa Bay team and I think. I think this is the reason why he went to Tampa Bay because we talked about this a couple of shows ago. When you see uh, Winston Jameson or Jameson Winston throw 50 touchdowns and throw like 30 interceptions, Tom Brady's like looking at like, dang, this dude threw 50 touchdowns and I'm more accurate than him. Yeah, yeah. And if I can, if I can just throw, you know, half those interceptions, we go into a Super Bowl with a coach who let me throw anytime I want, which and he then, didn't have in New England. And, and then, and then he got a chance to be GM. Yeah. He started calling people up. Gronk came out of retirement. Antonio Brown. He got Antonio Brown there. All those guys are there. He still got those same weapons yeah. this year. They look. Fournette. They look. They look really, really good yeah. against the Bears. But they, then again, but then again, you know, the Bears. The Bears defense is on the field way too long. You know, they they got wore out as well, you know. Well, as the late, great Dennis Green once said, the Bears are who we thought they were. <laughs> and we let them off the hook. And we let them off the hook. Yeah, they, they're, they're, uh, hey, Bears fans, I feel your pain. I feel yeah. your pain. Hey, last thing before we get out of here. We're taping this on Tuesday evening, getting ready for game one of the World Series, the Atlanta Braves against the Houston Astros. No one, I think, would have predicted that when the playoffs started. I have a soft spot for Atlanta. Hank Aaron passed away earlier this year. That was one of my boyhood heroes. I'd love to see Atlanta win, but we had Carlos Correa on the show earlier. He was a great guest. And I also have a soft spot for Dusty Baker, who endured a lot of criticism during his time in Chicago. And and all he's done is win everywhere he's gone. Well, I mean, hey, listen, he stepped in there in that Houston Astro organization when it was upside down and they had so many problems after the little – you know, the World Series where they, they were called cheaters and all that. And he came into that situation and righted the ship, got the guys playing well. And, um, you know, they came through the White Sox and, you know, pretty much manhandled oh, the yeah. White Sox. And that yeah. was, and then they had to come from behind uh, against Boston. Yeah, they were down 2 yeah, 1. They were down 2 1. The next two games and, at Fenway. And it looked like they were going to be, yeah. you know, knocked out of it. And they came back and won. And that's a, you know, and you listen to Carlos Correa and all these guys, you know, Altuve, when they talk about Dusty as a manager, yeah. you don't hear any player that ever played for Dusty Baker have anything bad to say about him. They, they, the, uh, Correa said he's a great manager. He lets us do our thing. You know, he's encouraging. You know, he's, he's easy to talk to, door always open. And that's where I think people, you know, coaches don't understand. You know, in, in, I see it in the NBA all the time. You know, NBA coaches, because I'm around them a lot, you know, it, it's a copycat league. Everybody's trying to copy what the winning coaches do. But at the end of the day, you know, Phil Jackson was really good at this. And this is what I learned as a player. And then when I went to coach in Rockford, you have to be a player's coach. 
Okay, when I mean players coach, you have to have a pulse of your team. You have to know who they are as individuals. You have to know what's going on in their lives and do they have family problems. I mean, Phil would know who your wife's name was, your children's name mm-hmm. was. He'd give you a book every time we went out West Coast to whatever the situation was. He'd give you a book. Um, he'd walk on the plane. We'd be playing cards and gambling. He'd walk up and say, who's winning? You know, who's losing, you know, he just knew. And then he would be like one of those situations. You come in, you play four games in five nights. You know, players are tired. We're exhausted. Um, nobody wants to practice. And then he'll come in and say, get the hell out of here. I don't want to see your face. Take a therapeutic day. Get out. Go go hit golf balls. Go spend time with your family. And then the players look at that and go, man, he really, he really gets us. He understands that we're tired. He understands, you know, he's a player's coach. And I think Dusty Baker, everywhere he's been, even when he was with the Cubs, he was a player's coach, and players will run through a wall for that type of coach. And as the great Kendra Lust said earlier, <laughs> hard work will win over talent when talent doesn't work. Then that was a that was a hell of a it was quote. a Johnny Bachism. No, that was a it. Johnny Bach. But I I, I, <laughs> I I give Kendra some credit because that was a that was a great quote, and mm-hmm. a lot of people need to hear that. You know, a lot of kids need to hear that because you know a lot of times kids want to cut corners. People want to cut corners. You know, to win championships, there is no cutting corners. You know, to be a championship uh, on a championship team, be a championship person, whether it be boxing, MMA, whatever, you cannot cut corners. You have to do the work. You got to be prepared to cry. You got to be prepared to bleed. You know, you got to be prepared and to make sacrifices. And that's what separates winners and teams that win and teams that don't. So if you've taken nothing else from episode 52 of Give Me the Hot Sauce, <laughs> follow the worldly advice of adult film star Kendra yes, Luss. She is very talented. Words American. to live by. Very talented. That's how we leave you on our one-year anniversary. Yes, one-year anniversary. Pablo, it's the, the, your the, anniversary. you got the closing music? Yeah. Sure. Right. Give me the hot sauce. Let's hear it. <laughs> is this techno? I'm not sure that's right, Stacy, but... <laughs> Stinger and uh, Southside will be back next week. Thank hey. you so much for listening to this show. We appreciate it. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a nightclub, baby. <laughs> Pavel, way to go. Pavel came in. Yeah, hey, thank America, you so much. America, real quick. Pavel came in on short notice out of the bullpen and he came in and closed the show for us today. Pavel, we thank yes, you for coming do. in. You thank saved you. the show today because Stinger and Southside couldn't make it today. And we'll be we back had, next week. We'll be back next week. And we had to get this show out today. Yes. And you came in and saved us. Some so things we can't it. wait. Exactly. And Kendra Lust could not wait. <laughs> right. And we couldn't wait to talk to Kendra Lust. So shout out to Kendra Lust for being on the show today. And fans, time to. Drive home safely, Chicago. Be so long, everybody. And she'll like it too. <laughs>